Alternative Radio. Coach JD Show. The future of finance is here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Let's go. Warriors, rise. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back after four weeks hiatus traveling around the world. Lots of crazy things happening. So today we're going to catch up. We're going to talk, man, crypto has changed pretty dramatically in the last four weeks. So we're going to talk about where's Ken Mac at? What are you doing? And all the things going on with Coach JV as well. So first of all, Ken, how are you doing and where are you located in the world right now? It's good to be, good to be back, my man. I'm here in Dubai. It's, uh, yeah, it's been four weeks uh, since we've done the show. Feels a bit like a lifetime. It's good to be back. Yes. And uh, so much has happened in that short space of time. And I'm here in the Middle East just now. Um, yeah. been uh, kind of all over the place. I've been in Georgia last week and I was in Bali in Indonesia uh, the week before. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty fast moving, uh, you know, in, in the, the world of the Ken Mack show just now. So I'm looking yeah. forward to sharing that with you and, and hearing what you've been up to the, the last four weeks as well. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, man. So we've been—I've been traveling around as well. I was in Tulum, Mexico, uh, California, going back to California this week, and then we actually went through a massive rebrand with our company, which was pretty cool. So we had some business changes, which was really neat. Uh, we had some one of our business partners moved on to another business, and we just rebranded our whole company. And so we're really branding towards five years towards the future, towards the meta, right, toward the metaverse, and where we're heading as a economy, as an ecosystem, on how we do business, and things have been really ramping up for us at the Warrior Academy. So. We we also revamped our whole Warrior Academy internally. It's freaking awesome. So we created like structure and groups. So we, we revamped it fit in the physical world, just like you'd walk into a metaverse, metaverse world. And then once we get set up, we'll be launching it into the metaverse where people are going to do cryptocurrency courses, workouts, exercise, nutrition. So you can see our branding is heading towards that quantum field. So it's been really, really awesome, man. But it's been we've been just really keeping people calm during the markets as well. And we're really proud our warriors have stayed very, very calm. And um, that's what I kind of wanted to jump into because a lot of people have been looking for us to give advice and what we're doing within the crypto markets, within our investments, things like that. And so I've stayed really steady. Nothing's really changed with mine. I've just bought dollar cost average on the way down. But I'd love to hear the things that you've been up to. I know you guys have a lot of LBOs under your belt in the last four or five weeks. It's been a pretty big run for you guys. So what's been going on in your world? Yeah, my online stuff has kind of been pushed to the side just now because we've been you know, pretty busy you know, with all of the economic events, which are so fast moving. Uh, we've seen a, a big push in the LBO space with many uh, sellers motivated to get, uh, to get rid of their companies. So I've really just been focusing on building wealth with my students. Um, so we've done a, about seven or eight acquisitions uh, in the past few months. Um, so just you know, in the past uh, month, we've started to get the keys for these businesses so, you know, we've inherited uh, hundreds of staff, which uh, I've never met before, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, so you know, that, that's uh, on the LBO front. I've been uh, heavily involved in many, many meetings uh, with uh, legals and uh, negotiations with sellers and brokers and accountants. And, uh, and we've got a clarify as well in the crypto project. So we, uh, we just get a seven-figure investment in the company, which is very nice. And with the current market conditions, it's, uh, it's actually very difficult to get investment because a lot of the VCs are backing off and, you know, people are very cautious just now. Um, we've got so many bad stuff, you know, things happening in crypto, you know, from the collapse of UST. You know, I took a seven-figure loss myself. Wow. And then we've got the, the situation with Celsius as well. But, of course, I've made more than I've lost. 
But yeah. uh, you know, I had a, the interview with Business Insider, as you know, in November. It was d- December last year. Yeah, that I was the uh, I was pretty much the only one that predicted a ten k Bitcoin. Or you know, basically, I said that we we're going to get the uh, that that was the top of the market. You did. Um, I was just actually looking back in the, on the uh, the article. So thankfully, you know, I started to, like uh, dollar cost average heavily out of positions in December last year. So yeah. you know, thankfully, I was able to almost sell at the top of the market. But I started to, uh, you know, I think it's very important as well that, um, uh, like for me, I don't like to just hold everything in crypto. I like to realize some of my gains. So I've been, you know, investing some of the money into uh, into some fun stuff, you know, some supercars, mm-hmm. watches, gold, silver, land, and all sorts of different things. Um, so that, that that's, uh, you know, my take on the crypto side. Um, I would say that we are uh, in a buy zone now. Uh, I was actually going through all of the on-chain, uh, you know, looking to Bitcoin uh, technical indicators, and like everything is pretty much pointing at buy, yes. Uh, just now, so like the buy zone for me is anywhere between uh, you know ten and fourteen k. Anything up to twenty k, really, where we're at just now. And uh, I think you know, well, I don't think uh, dollar cost averaging now uh, between now and two thousand twenty four. This is where the wealth is going to get made. Uh, you don't buy in the bull market; you buy in, in the bear market. But my uh, big buy zone is going to be um, towards Q4 this year, where I'm expecting the markets to take a uh, maybe another black swan. It's just going to give us that big wick down, like what happened in March 2020, and maybe we bounce off a of 10k. But it's a big risk because uh, we might not ever see 10k. You know, as a speculation, but you know, we weren't not far off of that the other day. We dipped to as low as 17k. So it's a very exciting time to. Being crypto, and uh, yeah. I would say it's probably one of the most exciting times in history because the um, there you know, everybody's you know, painting this big bad picture of the recession, but we've gone through this inflationary stage in history. But now, uh, when, when something inflates, it needs to deflate, so we're going to go through a deflationary stage yeah. in history now uh, over the next few years. And how long that's going to last, I just don't know, yeah, um, you know. You know, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to ask you about this, too, because I've been studying. So what I've been doing a lot of is studying deep. So I love Ray Dalio, right? The historical piece of it. But I've been going really deep into history, history, not history books that they teach in public schools, going deeper into history and really what's happened within the markets. And do you realize that like we're in not only a yes, a Ray Dalio? Yes. And so the we're in a climate change narrative. Now, not people are like, do you believe in climate change? I know that the world heats up and it cools down. That's all I know. But we're in that. So they're going to use the world heating up as a climate change narrative, which is an economic narrative, right? Then we're in a war narrative and an economic narrative. So we in our living history are going through this and most people in their living history never go through all three together. So you have the war in Ukraine, you have the Russia, you war in Ukraine. We have the economic change in a financial system and a new asset class. And then we have the climate change narrative, which is 2030, right? The World Economic Forum wants to move us to zero carbon and we get to experience all three of those. And so why I'm smiling about it, people are like, what the hell are you smiling about? Because this is the time, as you talked about, is the time for people to get extremely wealthy and where these big transfers of wealth come. Imagine being like the 1900s when gas and oil was coming in there's a group of people going man you know they're going to need a lot of oil for those cars they're going to need some carburetors and some parts and some supply chain and there's a group of people that pick some winners and losers and the ones who picked a couple winners become some of the became some of the wealthiest people in the world that control the economy and the same thing happened in 2000 but we have all three playing out right now and that's one thing that people i've been trying to calm people down with like just to stay out of the bullshit because it's even even uh what is uh in america one of my one of my posts exploded on tiktok because i shared they they put out a terrorist warning in america 
and we, you would think it would be for uh, an adversary, right? It's inside of America that Americans are going to start going against each other. They put out a terrorist warning for Americans going against Americans. And so this is wild times right now, wild times. And I'm just like you, like I'm, I'm dollar cost averaging as it goes down. I was dollar cost averaging Ethereum if Bitcoin, same thing with me. I, I, I keep saying 10,000 is my buying point for Bitcoin. Um, you know, I, I will follow that narrative, the 10,000 to, to 14,000. And I'm just accumulating and accumulating and working to create more cash flow. And, and I just really trying to get through to people that if you missed all these big pumps recently, this is the time. Like this is a time not to be fearful. And, and the crazy thing is how strong narratives are. Is the have you heard the narrative now? The big narrative going around that's Ponzi scheme, Ponzi schemes, crypto's a Ponzi scheme. I keep hearing people say <laughs> crypto's because of Terra Luna, but you said yeah, something yeah. powerful that people need to pay attention to. And I know Kevin O'Leary said this as well. He said, um, there's gonna be another collapse, a black swan. And it, he thinks it's gonna be a big institution that they're gonna take out. And the reason why, I just did a video on this this morning on TikTok. I said, basically what they're gonna do is they're because when they see those collapses, the, the public's like, <gasps> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, wait a minute. We have the solution where we got a stable coin. We have a crypto thing. You can follow ours. And so like, will they come to save us? Right. So they create these black swans and then the government, once they're ready to regulate it, then the big institutions will start coming in. That's when you're going to see price appreciation. So the thing about these, uh, you know, the, uh, the markets as well, I was uh, commenting on a, an article from the, the, the FT, the financial times. And, uh, you know, they were playing on the, the, the collapse of the crypto markets, uh, you know, the recession, and they're really just pushing this false narrative. And I just commented, you know, that this is normal. This is just part of the mm. four-year cycle. Um, you know, the four-year cycle is still intact. And uh, Bitcoin is down 70%. So if it follows the traditional four-year cycle, which it is, yeah. then we should get about an 80% correction in the Bitcoin price with a wick probably down to 10K. Um, so, you know, I, I stand by, you know, I just shared on the screen there. That was in December last year. Uh, Business Insider, 20th of December. I said, I'm exiting crypto. I, uh, you know, I... For me, that was the top of the market. Some people say that uh, we have three waves, uh, so three uh, you know highs in a bull market. But with all of the uh, conditions that we had within the crypto markets, I uh, was absolutely certain uh, that that wasn't going to happen because one of the biggest things for me was the lack of volume on that $69,000 high. So I, I just seen this very bearish uh, chart pattern play out uh, towards the end of December. So that's why I took a side step, started to tether up. Um, most I've still got some positions, but most of my positions, and uh, I was able to um, almost sell the top of the market. But you know, the thing is, nobody knows. You know, nobody's got a crystal ball. That's a speculation, right? It's a speculation, and nothing, nothing more, nothing less. So you know, there, there's no right and wrong answer. You know, you, you can just simply have bought in March 2020, just hold to 2025. You're going to make money, right? Um, and you said you said something as well. Uh, you know, very powerful. You, you, you mentioned mm. the zero carbon stuff. So you know, the World Economic mm. Forum they're pushing this uh, climate change stuff, and you know, yep. you might agree, you might not agree. It doesn't yep. matter. But the thing is, they're powerful people. The bankers they're pushing this. They're going to start putting all these financial incentives uh, into companies to make them zero carbon neutral, etc. I was having dinner uh, with a friend of mine um, j just at the weekend. There, um, Jeremy Harbour, big, big player in M and A. And he's just acquired, um, no money down acquisitions, uh, two zero carbon companies uh, that he did a reverse merger into the public uh, wow. stock exchange, uh, the the Euro, uh, uh, the Euro Next exchange, I think you call it in Paris. But yeah, two two very nice acquisitions with two three hundred million uh, euro market cap. So he's, uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. He's buying companies that are zero carbon, clean energy companies. Uh, one of them was I think it was called Ocean Polymers. Uh, super cool companies that are focusing on 
and zero carbon emissions. So I, I think that's a very, very smart thing to, to do, to focus. Um, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Take a look at the narrative that they're pushing. Mm -hmm. And I think if we um, were very clever about the, the movements that we make and we adjust our strategy accordingly to the uh, market conditions, like Jeremy is doing, then we're going to make so much money. Um, and, you know, that now is a, it's a very exciting time to be alive, but uh, you're going to be very level-headed. You're going to have a strategy uh, and you're going to have to uh, play your cards right. And if you do, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, think about what Pre President Biden, the first thing he did is when he came into office, the first thing he did was get us back into the Paris Agreement. Say good or bad, but like you said, that's that's the narrative that they're going for. 2030, the World Economic Forum says 2030, they're pushing for zero carbon. The White House says 2050, you know, and in California, I think it's every commercial truck by 2030 has to be uh, electric. You have the uh, Dallas Fed that is working to get all these autonomous trucks up and running uh, in the northern, or I'm sorry, in the southern states where there's no like I or sleet or anything like that and they're also they're also um zoning for drone landing stations for uh commercial real estate now so like it's 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 coming so fast and furious and i'm just like trying to help people stay calm in regards to people like well what should i do what should i do you should watch the narrative i mean they're saying they're giving you like a 20 the 30 year view like or 20 year view here's where we're heading so what type of investments would you focus on, right? Gas, solar, wind, things like that, blockchain technology, supply chain management, anything that they say that there's some type of narrative around. And then did you see what's happening in America, man, with the, um, the cow, like, uh, what is it, 10,000, I don't want to speak out of school, like 10,000 cows just died all of a sudden because of a heat wave or something going on. There's a lot of weird shit going on, man. And those are all narratives, right? There's things happening. I think 10,000 cattle died just recently. And so I was just watching this deep thing around, uh, and I'm not saying i believe or don't believe in climate change. But what I do know is they it's proven that it heats up, the world heats up and then it cools down. It heats up, but it actually goes in a cycle with human behavior. 10,000 year cycle, I think it's called. Yeah, 10,000, yes, yes. And so what happens is, is the human beings respond physiologically to this heating up. It's almost like we get angrier, we kind of get out of alignment and the earth is tilting or whatever it is. And they use these narratives to adjust investment strategies. Like, okay, well, we can let people know that the world is falling apart and we're doing all this stuff. So it's because of gas cars. It's because of we're using too much of this fossil fuel energy. So we're going to move to zero carbon, but then it all grows back to financials, right? You have to have your carbon credits. You're, you have to have uh, to get your lending, uh, to get any of your lending, you're going to have to make sure you have your carbon credits in the line. And so the good thing about us being, you know, spectators in this sport, we can literally look to see where they're moving us with this. And but I want to talk to you about the cryptocurrency market because so many people, it, they're so fearful of it. Now, I agree. I, I, I believe that a lot of cryptos are going to get struggle to make it through regulation just because when regulation comes, there's going to be a lot of banks, a lot of banks in America that struggle through this new regulation that get up and running with this new technology, right? With the blockchain technology, distributed ledger technology, because the, people don't realize I went to CBA executive banking school and the, and the cost of moving into some of these fintech protocols is very expensive. You know, it's time, time intensive, costs a lot of money to get these infrastructures going, manpower, things like that. So as they change the infrastructure of banking, now, where do you think cryptocurrency is going from? My opinion is what's happening is we're in the, we're in the suing and regulating phase, right? So it's scaring the shit out of people. So people are fearful they're running away, right? And then once they come in with regulation, maybe after Ripple case, which brings in a new Howey test, they layer on the new Howey test, or then they layer on the new regulation on top of the Howey test, Senator Loomis is talking about Bitcoin is going to be a commodity, so that'll be a store of value. As regulation comes in, how, how do you picture the crypto space? Because what I believe is all the institutions now, 
when they see there's regulation because they don't want to get their they don't want to get their hands slapped right right now because you know you see what happened with uh, Celsius you see what happened with uh, uh, Coinbase getting sued you see with all this stuff happened with these crypto exchanges they're you know they're businesses so they're sitting back going oh shit it's coming like the hammer is coming and so they're trying to figure out what to do you know what are your thoughts on yeah, that? yeah there's going to be more as well you know the next one will probably be BlockFi um, they're pretty much as good as insolvent. Uh, there's now a narrative around, uh, you know, Binance that I've mm. started to buy, uh, you know, all of my stuff off of Binance. And well, I think the safest thing that you can do right now is to put your stuff on keys, mm. cold storage, or even at least a trust wallet or MetaMask. But the thing is, you know, a lot of these crypto companies, um, you know, they, these people are not from traditional business. So what's happening with the regulation is we're moving, you know, we've got the guys from the traditional business and the governments that want to regulate it like a traditional business. But a lot of these Companies are shitting themselves because they don't have any, you know, proper structure. Um, you know, the, the crypto companies are structured in a completely different way from a traditional business. Yeah. So a lot of these, uh, you know, companies that are out there, they're going to, uh, they're going to be wiped off. So pr probably maybe uh, 70, 80 percent of these companies that have been formed in the last few years, they're going to be gone. Yeah. Um, you know, the only one that's going to be standing is Bitcoin. I'm going to, I just want to share some uh, charts I was looking at here as well, and this is going to be very helpful for everybody that's watching this. This is something that I look at, and it's a website called Look Into Bitcoin. And I think the, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, understanding where we are in the market just now and where we're going, um, you know, let alone, you know, uh, mm. look at the metaverse NFT. So, you know, that, that's a completely yeah. different thing. But when we talk about the bull and the bear markets, this is what everybody wants to um, understand. And okay. this for me is one of the best websites to, um, to understand exactly where we are in these market cycles. So you can go through all of these charts and they're very, very easy to understand. But you can see here that pretty much every single chart that I've looked at is showing that we're at the bottom end of the market. See the, the blue here on this yeah. rainbow showing us that it's a fire sale. So anytime that we're within this band here, that means buy crypto. If you're selling crypto just now, you're probably selling crypto at the wrong place. You should have been selling crypto up here. So, you know, you should be buying or selling based on one indicator. These are just, um, you know, you should collectively look at everything in the economy, all of the different indicators and charts to then make up your decision what the best thing for you is um, with the correct time horizon as well. Because you want to say, let's buy crypto, and then we want to be making a profit in six months. You want to be having a three, four, five, six-year time horizon. Um, so like for me, that says that you should buy crypto now, and we should be making money by 2025. We should be back up towards the, uh, you know, the, the orange and red bands. But yeah, I just wanted to share that website with everybody. It's called Look Into Bitcoin, which is very helpful. It's so many different charts, very easy to understand. And pretty much everything that I've looked in here tells us that we're at a very interesting time within the market. Um, we're going to have this uh, black swan, which is going to come, which should probably plummet the price quite heavily. But um, patience, sit tight, don't worry, and uh, just be super, uh, super careful in terms of your... Uh, you know, how much you're planning investing in these markets. But in terms of, you know, where we're going yeah. with uh, the crypto space and blockchain, I think the technology is very exciting. Uh, we get the metaverse, we get NFTs, yeah. um, and all of the stuff that's happening on that front. So, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, new and interesting projects to keep an eye on that are going to be the opportunity to perhaps dollar cost average into between now and yeah. the Bitcoin happening in March uh, 24, because you know, Bitcoin determines and dictates exactly what way the market's going to be going. 
Uh, so that is your best indicator to understand whereabouts in the market cycle that we are. Yeah, the big narrative too is everybody's saying it's a Ponzi scheme and it's going to go to zero. And it's like, yeah. I mean, there's there's <laughs> the argument for that is, I mean, there is there an argument for that? It going to complete some some cryptos will go to zero. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's go. What's know, that? It's just all nonsense. All these you know, narratives that they come out mm -hmm. every every single time that we come yep. into the bear market. Um, I don't yep. know why. Um, is it for attention? Is it uh, did they want to buy cheap Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. um, but you know the whole media is built around around attention, so they know that people are going to click. Uh, they're going to read the articles, and yep. but uh, who knows? I, I think it's better just to ignore the noise and just look at the fundamentals and to take a look yeah. at the uh, take a look at the charts because um, you know when you take a look at that website like lookintobitcoin.com, that is the Economist. It's a it's an Economist that doesn't lie. That's the blockchain. It's uh, yeah. completely transparent. You know, um, it's not like reading the Economist uh, publication because they right. can write anything they want about the yeah. markets when you're looking at the on-chain analysis and metrics you don't lie right right this is interesting from the, the distraction of light it says when you mess with food and job security you get angry people klaus schwab said the world would be angry not because of the sun because they're mandated to live and it's funny because he said that and then he says you're gonna have nothing and be happy <laughs> as you and it's like such an interesting dynamic with the food insecurity yeah. and food shortages and baby baby food shortages i mean there's some wild shortages happening right now and then you see all these the, the, the thing that they're up against right now is because of tiktok and instagram and people you know you have people in the food industry showing hey there is no food shortage we have tons of food just sitting here wasting away and there's there's obviously and this is one thing that's really important and and what I think we do a good job with is, is I share with people, this is nothing new under the sun. This stuff has happened over and over again. The issue that they're backed up against is that they now have social media. They now have alternative media like people like you and I, like podcasts, like YouTubers, TikTok, all that stuff where we can get this information out. That's where I believe the distractions are going to get much much heavier because the more people can figure out the higher the distractions get the more fear they create the more fear just like he was saying right here you know when when the food when uh, people mess with food and job security they get angry right and the layoffs are starting to happen i'm telling you it's it's coming warriors like these these small mom pa companies they're not going to be able to make it through this. You think about some small ma pa restaurant that, that houses 30 people, right? This is this is one thing that, to think about. There's a domino effect. There's 30 people working at the restaurant. The mom pa can't afford to buy the, the proteins anymore to, to keep the restaurant going, right? It's so expensive. They have to lay off all 30 people, shut the restaurant down. Well, those 30 people shop at Walmart. Those 30 people get gas. Those 30 people buy diapers. And then that creates this, this supply chain or this... Uh, this uh, economy effect, right? So those people are not out in the marketplace anymore. Those people have to, to to move in together or shut down their apartment or something like that. It's just this ripple effect of all these people getting laid off. And I think just people should start getting mentally prepared for it getting a lot worse, but also proactively proactively figuring out how to create cash flow. I think that's one of the biggest things I keep preaching. These social media platforms are so unbelievably power, powerful. So if you have a skill, right? And let's talk about LBOs in just a moment. You guys have had seven LBOs come up. If you have a skill, like for example, we took skills in our Warrior Academy. We're teaching people how to do this now. As we took a skill and we shortened the timeline to success and it's a new education platform, right? You don't have to go to $100,000 college to get an education anymore. You can go through a $99 program or a $1,000 program and you have have more knowledge and more skills to start a business than you could go for four years in college, right? And actually things like that. So the whole business business sector is changing in the way people interact and do business. And so I know you guys have been really ramping up your LBOs. You guys seven in the pipeline or seven closed so far? We've got seven deals closed. So we've uh, physically taken over uh, seven companies that we own, that we've got wow. the keys for. 
um, and uh, we're planning uh, between 25 and 30 acquisitions this year. That's uh, what we're targeting. And we'll get there quicker if we uh, we're going to try to get access to a little bit more funding. Uh, but if we don't, uh, you know, we should see about 20 acquisitions uh, before the end of this year. Uh, we're really just focusing, doubling down, working with our students. And uh, you know, for us, it's uh, you know, this would be impossible, you know, for us to do this on my own. Yeah. Um, so that uh, it's really why I started, uh, you know, teaching uh, how to buy these businesses with no money down, and so that I could, uh, you know, build well with, with the students. And then now it's starting to come together. So it's amazing, amazing. Cool. But um, yeah, I'm just thinking as well, man. Like the the recession is it's starting to come in pretty heavy now. Yeah. And um, you know, you know the narrative that they were pushing, like cash is trash. Like so we're, we we're printing all of this money, printing mm-hmm. all of the money through to the to, well, been doing it right the way through history. But now they're they're starting to tighten the monetary policy, so money's becoming harder to get hold of. And this 100%. is what I noticed back in 2007. So cash is going to be king. You know, cash is going to be what everybody needs to survive. Mm. And I've, I've noticed, uh, you know, the the real estate market starting to show signs of weakness, cracking yes. uh, you know, in the UK, in Germany, uh, in the USA. So I'm noticing all of the signs and the similarities as to what happened back in 2007, mm-hmm. right now. So this is very, very crazy. Even the watch market has crashed. Can you believe it? There's wow. watches out there that were selling at 300 k $1,000 that are down $130,000, $140,000. This is crazy, man. So wow. we get real estate, we get watches, gold and silver is you know, it's very steady just now. So yeah. very boring, very steady. Um, the crypto markets have crashed. The stock markets look a little bit shaky. And what's going to happen next is we're going to have the uh, companies, like you mentioned, the restaurants, they're going to start yep. closing down. Yep. Um, people are going to lose their jobs. They're yep. pushing this narrative uh, of the recession heavily across the yes. media, yep. and they're pushing the recession hard. And the more they push the, 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 this uh, recession narrative, the, the more likely it's going to happen because companies in the UK, they're preparing. Even mm-hmm. us, you know, we're only buying essential infrastructure companies yep. in preparation for what's coming because it's imminent. It's not a possibility. It's, you know, we say depression, recession, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, we're going to enter this uh, very, very uh, sore period in history for a lot of people that are not prepared. How long do you think that this is going to uh, last for? Like, what, what's your uh, what's your take on that one? Like, recession two thousand seven. We're talking two years. Yeah, so two thousand seven. Man, I don't know. It's a, so what I've been studying. It, it could be up to five years, man. This this type of recession can last up to five years. And some, it, it, I mean, the depression recession goes. It could go into a depression, right? I mean, it's going to be because of three things that are in play right now. We've never in our living history experienced it in our living history. This deep of a of a transition, right? And so, it, I mean, because we're 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 having a whole monetary shift. I think the thing that I'm really worried about is that I'm really worried about the middle class. Um, you know, I'm trying to. I'm just verbalizing and trying to help as many people as possible to take a look at because I, I just think there's going to be this big re- reverberating effect when all these people from the like malls restaurants um even like like target walmart um amazon are having uh, a, a supply chain issues in regards to too much inventory so what that tells us is that they're actually people aren't buying as much as they thought so they're lying to us on the, in the uh when they're doing these you know the fmoc meetings and all this stuff they're lying to it the, the actual inventory is stacking up so people are worried about gas they're worried about food they're not buying as much stuff off amazon target and walmart if they start to struggle 
holy shit, man. Then it just, I mean, it's, it's going to be the Great Depression all over again, but exasperated because of social media. The fear, the anxiety, the stress, the opiate abuse, the alcohol. So my, my fear is that, it, that because of social media and because of the actual, the way media gets out so quickly now that it's going to cause this massive reverberation of depression, anxiety, and it's going to be a massive recovery. And you, you are you, right on with the, the, the monetary tightening of the policies. Like, think about this. These, these um, big companies aren't getting these big bailouts, PPP loans, Better Business Bureau isn't pumping out loans like crazy. Also, the... Um, Oh, was it? Oh, junk bonds. They're not buying the junk bonds anymore. And so that's what was keeping these companies alive. They're buying their bad debt off of their books. And so this stuff is starting to catch up to them. And I believe it's all by design. They're just trying to switch us to this new monetary system, man. And the way they're going to do it, in my opinion, is they're going to do it through distributed ledger technology and moving money at the speed of light so they keep the liquidity going. Because banks right now, this is what I've been, you know, I'm a ex banker, so I know a lot about banking. Banks, Profit margins are being squeezed like crazy. When interest rates go up, yes, they make more money. But if the public can't lend, they can't afford to buy anything. There's no loans going through the system. So that's one of their you know, fee income. They have fee income. They have interest income, right? And they have capital markets income. So if the stock market collapses and if the banks can't give loans and there's no fee income because people can't even bank, they're screwed, right? So the only way to switch the system is to move the money at the speed of light, which goes into distributed ledger technology. So I don't know how long this is going to last, man. I just think that we're heading into a really, really tough time. And I think people should start looking at their job, their career and saying, okay, is it going to be here? Like think about technology five years from now. Is my job going to be here? Is my job at risk? Is there something I can do to innovate within my company to move up in the company? Or is there something I can do outside of my company that I currently do is to become a consultant and start increasing cash flow? Everybody should learn to write their own check, right? So with our type of businesses or my type of business, I can create a business and write a check for myself. I can... You know, I, I'm just trying to teach people how to create cash flow. So I just think it's going to be like the Great Depression, man. People are going to be moving back in together. Families are going to be consolidating, going down to one car per family. Um, but this could be the greatest time in history for people, man, if they really dive into like I'm teaching people for free how to start the like I'm doing online like we're doing um, showing people my blueprint on how I set up my online business because it's not that complicated if you really dive into it. It's I don't know, man. I just think it could be. A, a five to 10 year run, man, in regards to what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, we're like minded. I think uh, this is going to take us up until 2030. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to be two or three years. I think we've got a mix of what happened in two, uh, 1929. Uh, then we had the war coming in in 1940. That was yep. six years. Yep. Uh, depression, what was that, about 10 years altogether? Yep. Depression, and then we had a recession two years. And I think we're going to be looking at about eight to 10 years. The start of this was uh, March 2020 when they pulled the trigger on this uh, agenda. Now, you mentioned the middle class, and somebody's made a good comment as well. They said, what defines who is the middle class? Mm. Um, so, like, to me, the middle class, like, they're going to be wiped out, or the plan is to wipe out the middle class. They do not yep. want the middle class. They yep. want the poor. They probably don't want the rich, but the rich are the rich. Um, right. So the middle class are probably, um, they're, they're, they're probably the people that are maybe in a, 50 to 100k uh, per year job that you know have the nice house you know 200,000 mm -hmm. uh, 300,000 dollar house they got the family just you know, a working you know a working family that's kind of on a higher end of society they've got a good house com comfortable standard of living uh, and things are good for them um so i think the the agenda is to push them into the poorer category where they're kind of hand to mouth they're struggling they don't have that extra income completely maximized um, in terms of spending uh, money on uh, the cost of living. Now, 
on the cost of living. Like I, I went to put fuel in my car. I don't, don't normally look at the you know these things uh, you know, when I'm paying for them, but uh, when the uh, the teller you know said you know it's going to be this much, I thought, how is it? How does my car take much fuel? Like that, yeah. that's crazy. I, I'm pretty sure I paid like double what I was used to paying. Yeah. Um, but it, it was significantly more anyway that it caught my attention. Um, but you know, I, I kind of got to the stage where I don't need to really look at these things. But it caught my attention, like shit, like that's a that's a little bit crazy. Yes, and, you know, and just noticing in the supermarket, like again, I don't tend to look at when at the price of things. But uh, I've eaten, I was in the uh, restaurant today, and uh, now and again, I treat myself to a cake. I'm like, wait, wait a second, that that cake's increased in value because it was already an expensive cake. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing things that are changing, like, yep, pretty damn quickly, man, and like. The poor, uh, like, how can we help the poor people? Because yeah. I, like, I'm genuinely, I'm more, more worried about the poor than the, the middle class just now. Because, like, if their wages are not increasing and the cost of living, yep. fuel, energy, and everything is, that, that's happening just now, I just uh, this could be bad news, man. And like, yep. flights, you know, I think now if you want to get do a flight to the other side of the world and visit that far off destination, now is the time to do it because very very soon. Yeah. Will not be able to go to Australia, go to the USA, or jump on that ten or fifteen hour flight. Yeah, so, well, think about this. Like you talked about, you know, the people who are, are working for minimum wage, the poor, the the, the poor. I, I'm saying the poor people. I feel sorry for them. Not poor people. The poor people. They're 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 trying to work. They're getting their paycheck, and their whole damn paycheck goes towards gas. So think about somebody sitting there, and they're like, "Hey, listen, I'm going to my. I work at a gas station, right? And I'm getting minimum wage. And they go to fill up their gas tank, and that extra two hundred dollars they had to pay for their cell phone bill or their insurance is gone." It's literally gone. So now they're making these conscious decisions now, and this is going to start to reverberate through the economy. They have to make decisions like, shit, do I just stay home instead of going to work? Or do I try to figure something else out? Even people driving Uber or Postmates, like their gas prices have gone through the roof, right? So everything is just starting to like push through the economy. And it's really interesting. I was traveling this, this week in California, and it just seemed dead, man. It just seemed like there was nobody out there. It was like maybe it was the place I was in Ventura, and it was just really – Really, it was weird. It was kind of eerie, man. There wasn't a lot of people out. It was like uh, just an interesting feeling. So, and it felt kind of like uh, the C-word narrative, right? It was like it got really weird. So I was traveling during the C-word. I kept traveling during it. And um, I was like, man, this feels kind of similar to it. And I just think that people are kind of at a standstill. Like, what the hell is going on? And I just think that, you know, gas prices, I filled up at one point on my way back. It was 7 bucks, And it was like 120 bucks to fill up a 15-gallon tank or something like that. And so we filled up two cars, 220 bucks. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And like you said, people are starting to make decisions on – do I feed my family or do I put gas in my car to get to work? And, and what's going to happen is, is a lot of companies will do what's called forced layoffs, in my opinion. So like, like Elon said, hey, everybody needs to come back to work. And, and they laid off 10% of their their uh, job force, right? So people, well, I guess that's not a good example. Most of them probably have electric cars. But, you know, people putting gas in their car, they're like, shit, I can't even afford to come back to work. So companies will say, hey, listen, everybody start coming back to work. They can't afford to put gas in their car. They can't afford food. So it's just an interesting, interesting time. And I just really think people should really focus on understanding like, you know, the cash flow quadrant, which is rich dad, poor dad, you know, think and grow rich, understanding the 13 principles, because one thing they can't take away from us is knowledge, knowledge, you just educate yourself. If you have a lot of time on your hands, 
like I did when every, I lost everything. I, I got so deep into education. I was watching certain YouTubers and studying. I got really deep into Ray Dalio, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, I love Stansberry Research. I love her stuff because she brings on a lot of different people. Um, I was uh, Kathy Woods. I've been studying a lot of her stuff now. And I, now I've been going back in history. So I've kind of really gone far in the future. Now I'm going backwards. And I'm studying like I went. <laughs> I was, now I'm studying history, right? So this is really interesting. And this could be a fun topic to get into. And we got a lot of waking people on here. I've been studying history. And I started thinking, I'm like, man, you know, Jesus was 2,000 years ago. And then the history stops 5,000 years ago with the Sumerian. It just stops. Like it just stops. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like it just stops at 5,000 years ago. That was it. They were just like, all of a sudden the Sumerians came and I'm like, something's not right here, man. As I'm studying history, there's something not right. And there's all They're so, uh, yeah. Interesting topic. The Sumerians, the Anunnaki, Egypt and the depictions. And I spent a lot of time looking at that stuff. Yeah. I've been like, really, I'm getting really obsessed with it. And it's really, it's keeping me focused too, because I'm like, it's actually helping me within this current paradigm because I'm like, ah, okay, this has happened over and over again. It's nothing. It, what it says in the Bible, it's nothing new. And I'm not trying to get religious, but I'm saying it's nothing new under the sun. Warriors, this has happened over and over again. This is normal. This is like a normal human behavior, human cycle, too much of a good thing climate narrative it gets hot and then actually the people start to act a little bit different it creates war it creates contention or discontention where people start fighting with each other people go hungry and then there's this but the cool thing is here's the positive is that after that there's always a massive era of peace and prosperity that's what it's it's in history over and over again so we actually get to experience and our kids get to experience massive peace and prosperity so if we do a really good job as adults that have children or cousins or brothers or sisters that are a little bit younger we get to set them up for amazing and the rest of our living history we get to live some peace and prosperity so if this goes five to ten years we usually move into a society where everybody starts to cooperate the earth starts to cool down this is just what i'm studying i'm not saying it's right but the earth starts to cool down like the climate change narrative the way that they're saying it, it i think it's for monetary gain but the, it is fact the earth cools down and heats up. It's nothing new. It's like everybody's like, oh, the earth and people are. Oh, it's an excuse. Yeah, it's an excuse. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's. Yeah, gonna... not, I don't buy that shit. I'm just going to be you know, clean and honest here about it. I don't, I don't buy that bullshit. Uh, it's for power, control, influence, and yep. uh, to disempower the people and to monetize. But, uh, yeah. you know, there are things up. Like you said, yeah. cool down, just go through that cycle. So um, it's what it is. But, yeah. But uh, you know, Join them. Yeah, this is interesting. It's so funny that you say this, the freedom culture. Noah's Ark might have been the great reset. Who knows, man? Who like, like, what does that represent? So like, think about the story of Noah's Ark. It, it may have not been that actual, that the, the animals got onto this Ark. And there was, it, it may have represented a mental and physical paradigm reset. Mother Earth was like too much of a good thing. You know, you have these pyramids, you have all this stuff that is so advanced that like, we always ask ourselves, well, how did they do these, these super straight lines with these pyramids? Well, maybe they advanced super advanced like we did, and then they got too much of a good thing, and then they reset again. And maybe, who knows? I don't know. But I've just been like trying to go deeper into that narrative. So, like, because it keeps me really, it's keeping me really calm. Like, I'm not scared of this stuff happening at all. And I'm not saying that people's feelings are not valid. Like, if you're fearful of this, your feelings are valid, right? You just have to understand, ask yourself, why are you fearful? Because you've been indoctrinated into a system to make you fearful. Now, if you can't eat, I get that. I totally get that. But we've been taught that there's no food. There's food everywhere. You can grow your own food. You can get a fruit tree. There's water. There's lakes. There's rivers. There's all this stuff we've been taught that 
we are not resourceful and we are the most resourceful things on earth. We're human beings that can walk, that can talk, that can create. And so they took us in the indoctrination system. And that's something I've really studied is how they indoctrinated us to stop thinking. That's what they, they stopped thinking. I mean, uh, Earl Nightingale back in the day, and I think it was the 1950s or maybe 1913s. Merton Earl Nightingale, it's one of the man, one of the biggest things that man stopped stopped doing was thinking. thinking. We stopped thinking. We just, you know, they don't so. want us to think outside the box. They uh, right. they just wanted to disempower us and enslave us to make us part of the system, the matrix. They don't want us to touch the red pool. They want us to become a mechanism in society. Yeah. They want us to become a slave to the system to serve their agenda. To, uh, mm. to be hand to mouth, they want to tax us so that we have our wealth taken off of us so that we can't uh, afford mm. um, freedom because freedom is the end goal and they don't want us to feel or taste freedom because once we taste freedom, they would, we'll never go back. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll be doing everything that I can never ever to go back into that system again because freedom is the best God-given gift that anybody could have, especially when life is so short. Yes. And we were talking at uh, you know by the time that we get to you know 50, 60, life is going to start slowing down. Um, so that's why I made the decision when I left school that I was looking for the shortcut and I wanted to have freedom so that I could work above my business, not in the business or on the business. As much as I love spending time in businesses, yeah. um, I just want to have that opportunity to yeah. be free. And that should be everybody's goal um, to uh, to like you say, earn extra income, passive income. It could, yeah. it could be renting a room in your house. It could be uh, monetizing uh, you know, a rented property on a rent-to-rent -rent contract where you do arbitrage and rent it on Airbnb. There's so many different ways that you can make money without having to spend any of your own money. But uh, I just don't buy the bullshit. Yeah. I've, I've been living outside the matrix uh, all of my life. I can see right through uh, everything that's put in front of me. And uh, you know, I think being a member of society is, uh, for me, it's a very toxic thing. And I'm certainly not classifying myself as being a member of society. I operate outside the system, and yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't conform to the rules of the matrix. You know, I do things my way. Yeah, that's well. You know, it's so cool. I had a one of my followers that tagged me in a post. He quit his job. He worked at Staples, and uh, he walked out of his job. Man, I thought it was really cool. He was like, not that you know, I'm not encouraging people to walk out of the job, but he said some powerful stuff that was really. I think it went viral. He was just like, "Listen, man, I'm done. I'm done playing this fucking game. I'm I'm done playing." He goes, "I am going to." The way he said, it, he's like, "I am going to figure this out." I am going to figure this out. And the way he was saying it with convention, it's like the I am, the great I am is like, I am going to figure this out. I'm a creator. I have this social media. I'm going to encourage people. And it reminded me when I was on my mom's couch, I get so much hate still these days. You used to live on your mom's couch. I'm like, absolutely. And I took you through the whole journey to financial freedom. Now I'm financially free. I'm traveling around the world. And I don't say that to brag. I'm just telling people I was on my mom's couch three and a half years ago. I mean, like really think about that. Like think about that in the worst economic times in the world, businesses are falling apart. And I just changed my mind. I just thought that I could do it. I verbalized that I could do it. I reached out for resources. I didn't stop. I didn't listen to the naysayers. I didn't listen to the bullshit. I didn't listen to how 85% of small businesses fail. I focused on the focused on the 15%. And I became the 1% of the 15%. And I just started focused on those activities and behaviors. And I did the same pattern over and over again consistently until it became reality. Did I have bumps and bruises? Absolutely. And then when we go in the bear market, it's a little bit of bumps and bruises, but it's just part of the process. So there's a question here. It says, JV, uh, would you really bring a kid in the world in these times? Yeah, I have a six-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. And so what I'm doing though 
is I'm completely, so my daughter's 18. She's, she's a beast. She's in New York right now traveling. She just graduated. Uh, she's an entrepreneurial mind. She, she you know, she's going to be a YouTuber and she wants to do be, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? An influencer, I guess, like I do, I guess, if that's what we're called creators. And she under, she sees, I show my daughter how much we make as creators and building programs and stuff like that. So I, I showed her the whole system. She's like, what? So she works at a coffee shop and when she gets her paycheck, she's like, you make that in an hour. So her whole paycheck is something. So I teach my daughter that type of stuff conceptually. It's like money has, it's not, it's not a paycheck to her. It's like, okay, money has a, is a, is a system of monetary value based on how she values herself. Right. So I had to re-indoctrinate her because I was indoctrinated up until about four years ago. My son who's six, he's, he's growing up in the, in the unindoctrinated system, like, like Ken growing up outside the matrix. My son has no concept of lack, like zero concept of lack. So if you're a parent, what you say to your kids is really, really important. Do not argue about money in front of your kids. Do not, do not say bad things about money. Don't make fun of people who are rich. Don't, you know, things, you know, my pop, you should say somebody's driving to be up. They probably stole that thing. And it's like, maybe they worked hard to get it. I don't know. Maybe, you know, everybody was a criminal or who people who had money, they didn't pay their taxes. And it was like this indoctrinated thing in my head about rich people was like, man. And so when I tried to build wealth, I kept falling back into the same old stuck paradigm. Like, Oh, my brain can't even accept that that's possible. And so I just did a, I just did my podcast on this. I was talking about, if I say to you, you know, if I said to Ken, this wouldn't work for Ken, but like, if I said to somebody, I said, Hey, you're going to have $10 million in three days. If I said that to Ken, he'd be like, Oh, okay. That his brain can accept that his brain would be like, okay. If I would just say that to somebody that's has a normal minimum wage job, they'd be like, Whoa, if your body reacts that way, it doesn't believe that it's possible. If it doesn't believe it's possible, it won't happen until it believes it's possible. Until you have some sort of tragedy or inspiration that allows you to believe it's possible, your reticular activating system, it will keep rejecting that as its reality. So when I say a billionaire, I believe that's possible. We, you know, you introduced me to a billionaire. What's that? I have to tell my son that he's going to be, I say, you're going to be a future billionaire. So I say, when I say to him, what are you? He said, I'm a future billionaire. I'm a warrior. I'm a future billionaire. Yes. Uh, like you say, you know, what you say to your kids is very, very important, not arguing about the money. And, so uh, important. You know, the, the whole indoctrination system is it? like I was in it myself, uh, you know, growing up in you know, a pretty poor town and working class family. You know, if, you, if I said, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire in the future, like my brain kind of struggled to understand that. It took a little bit of time to adjust. Yes. Um, just by you know following the habits of the wealthy, thinking like what they do, and acting like what they do, you know thoughts become things and things become reality. So it's um, it's crazy, man. The uh, the way that they've disempowered us uh, and indoctrinated us to um, be offended when we hear these large numbers. Yes, you know what's interesting too is like I remember when I went to Dubai. So number one, you introduced me to a billionaire, which was really cool. I was like, okay, this you know cool freaking dude, man, cool dude, puts his pants on the same way we do. And then you introduced me to some other people. I won't mention names, but some other people that were raising like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day from venture capitalists. I'm like, that that's how much people would desire to make in a year. This person was raising two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day just by having conversations with the right people. And I was like, wow. That was just like my reticular activating system said, wow, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I need to be able to accept that that's possible because my brain was just like, oh, my God, that's that. How did the person I'm watching the person move and talk and interact and and, and just just like a machine. And I'm like, interesting. This person is just connecting, having conversations, knowing the right people, very smart, articulate, always studying, working hard and is raising like two hundred fifty thousand two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. And I was like. 
50 to 500k every single day. They're, they're racked up about 25 mil. Yes. And it's like, so that's what's possible. These are that that's what we hope to, to share with you guys during these times. And this is when iron sharpens iron. When you can have this type of attitude during the bear market when things are because it's really easy when bitcoins at 60,000 it's really easy when xrp was shooting up over a dollar or going up to two whatever it's up to 167 or whatever it was at and it's really easy when ethereum shooting up to 3,000 to be celebrate and have fun but when you become a true investor and a true warrior is when shit's hitting the fan and you can pull yourself away from all the 99 percent and say you know what i have a plan i'm sticking with it because that will change your bull market. It will change your bull market. I just did a video on this. Like I, I don't get super excited in the bull market. I don't get scared in the, in the bear market. I, I react the same way. I dollar cost average out on the way up and I dollar cost average in on the way down. It's very, for me, it's very simple. I'm not a technical analysis person. When it's going down, I dollar cost average in. And when it's going up, I dollar cost average out. And it just works pretty simple for me, right? I don't have to chase charts. I just watch I watch it every single day. I'm like, okay, set some targets. And it's been working very, very well for me. And it's I, I'm not emotional about the market. When I saw it collapse down, I was like, oh, okay, that sucks to lose, lose hundreds of thousand dollars. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to buy it back. And like, I'm ex I was hoping that Ethereum would shoot down to 400. And I think it might still shoot down to 400 if it does. 4600 is my target. That's what I'm hoping for, uh, 4600. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you want to just be buying in the bear market, selling in the bull yep. market. Like the, uh, the people um, that are getting bullish and buying in the bull market are, you know, they're making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like now is the time, now is the opportunity to be buying and just, yes. uh, you know, let's say with no emotion, no emotion. Yep. just uh, level headed, just buying dollar cost averaging and working your way up until 2025 and then uh, slowly making your exit. Like I was fine uh, last yeah. year, December. 2020, the bull market started, uh, and I made my exit in 2021. Was it a year and a half? Yeah. Almost two years. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be greedy. Yeah. You know, like, holding on, like, if you're a long, long term investor, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You just hold. Yeah. And continue to accumulate. But, uh, like, for me, I like to take the cream off, you know, cream out of the crop. And I was, uh, you know, as, as you know, I was putting a lot of money over to, uh, to the DeFi platform. Some of the platforms have lost money. Um, a more successful, uh, you know, platform today. It's been Yield App, which I'm a big advocate of. In fact, they actually just launched an app as well. So I've been putting a lot of money over there. Steady gains, not big gains. But uh, when you see these big gains, like you've seen, we spoke about it before, I lost all my money uh, on some of these uh, DAOs. But, uh, and I've been taking some of the money out and I've been buying stuff. Like today, it was in the, uh, the Harley-Davidson shops. I'm going to buy another bike. Mm -hmm. uh, I bought some cars, I bought gold, silver watches. Like I'm realizing my gains. Like I'm taking yeah. my profits. Yeah, uh, and I think that's very, very important because what you know, you could get hacked. You know, a company could go could be liquidated, like Celsius, um, like maybe BlockFi, um, like Luna. So you don't, you don't know these things are possible. Somebody could hack your MetaMask. Mm -hmm. So you know, and, it's, and if that happens, at least you've taken some of your profits and you've realized them into tangible assets that you can touch, yeah. smell, and feel. That's just you know, I'm not saying to everybody that's what you should do. I'm yeah. just saying that's. What I personally do, you know, like over the last uh, couple of years, my entire lifestyle has been funded with the crypto. I've no, not spent a, a single penny out of my own pocket because I've been realizing my gains. Yeah, and I think that's important for people to understand too, because the cars that you're buying and the watches that you're buying are ones that will appreciate, right? And they have appreciating value. Yeah. I think that's really important to understand too. It's like, you know, people. It, I think that's one thing that I learned through this. I'm a long-term holder, you know, so I didn't. I wasn't pissed that I didn't take more profits, but I wish we always wish, right? I wish I would have taken more profits in the bull run, but I'm holding long-term, right? So now what I will do next time is because I have 
I've sought wise counsel and I have more knowledge now as we go into the next couple of years, a lot more knowledge than I did three years ago. And so now as I do it, I love my insurance, but I use Le Leverage Life Insurance, which holds it in a guarantee. Leverage Life Insurance guarantees my principal. So as the bull run happens next time, boom, I'm taking it off the top and I'm putting in more into life insurance, life insurance, because it guarantees my principal and I can borrow against it if I need to buy more assets. And so that's one of the things that I've learned. And that's why it's so important for, and I see a lot of the same people on here, which is awesome, is to keep learning and keep growing and keep studying and keep, and, and be careful listening to, you know, I was so proud of um, one of our teammates this morning. He came in and he was talking to a gentleman um, this weekend. He's like, oh man, he's like, dude, he's like, crypto's a Ponzi scheme. And I said, well, what did you say to him? Because he, he works with us. And not the guy that said it, but the guy that works with us, his friend said that to him. And he goes, I just let him speak, man. He goes, there's nothing to argue. He goes, there's no argument. He goes, I know the fundamental cryptos I am. And I didn't, I don't think they're all going to win. I think some are going to win. And if they do win, I'll win big. He goes, but I just let him say his piece. He goes, I under, he was so cool. He goes, I understand the indoctrination system is telling him that it's a Ponzi scheme because of Terra Luna, which I do have a lot of my heart goes out to people, man. People lost so much money. I mean, I remember the day that happened in Indonesia. I could believe it, man. It's like, Jesus. You know, like I, I, was actually, I put so much, uh, a lot of my savings uh, into UST, onto Anchor, as I knew, I knew it was high risk. Uh, I actually made a massive, massive uh, rookie, rookie mistake. I, I seen uh, Luna token collapse by 60%. So I sold UST at uh, 0.60. So I took like half a lot, uh, 50, almost 50% loss. I thought, right, I'm going to buy into UST, not understanding the algorith algorithmic stablecoin and how it operated. So um, I just uh, took all of the money, put it into UST, thinking it would bounce back. And then it went to literally zero. Can you believe that? Literally zero. So it was a seven-figure loss for me. Um, not nice at all, man. Not nice. But uh, like, uh, like my heart was out to the people whose uh, you know, life savings but yeah. on these platforms like that, that, that is very, very serious. Like so much yeah. money. So it was like, and that was one of the things that I'm really, really, uh, working on like when that happened i just went i was like mental health mental because and then this whole thing coming up with the, with the recession and people losing their jobs mental health is going to be so critical just please know everybody watching this even if you went down to zero and everything this is so important man you're gonna make it back if everybody goes to zero we're at an even playing field and the ones that are going to make it are the ones that have all the knowledge here this is because you can rebuild like i mean ken and i have been there you know times in our lives i've been there three times in my life and finally the third time i was like something's wrong with my brain so when i reprogram my brain now i i have this feeling that i will never lose and it's it's such a great feeling it's like because i know will i have operate will i have times where i get the shit kicked out of me yes but i will never lose because i'll always learn from that and i'll always be able to come back from that and so i think that's the biggest thing the biggest asset you can do right now is studying 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 another thing i, I keep cautioning people on is stay away from these youtubers that are fearing the shit out of you like making you scared all the time and freaking you out all the time like please Please, I'm not bashing other YouTubers, but what they're trying to make you fearful all the time, like, for example, I'm giving you facts, figures, numbers, logic. I'm telling you what's happening with economics, right? But if someone's like, oh, it's going to go to zero and da, 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 it's like it's constant, constant. You know, it's like they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna be that way in the bull market, too. They're going to tell you, oh, you're going to become this. You're going to do this. You're gonna, if they're constantly this and this and this and it's like. They're just trying to, they're just trying to monetize, man. That's what they're trying to do. And so it's like, just be careful. One thing to be careful for too, is not get caught up in the wave of there's a lot of influencers going after each other now because the YouTubers right now that it's not crypto is not cool right now. So views are going down. And so they start attacking each other. It's called clout chasing. They start attacking each other, trying to get their, 
their channels up. And it's like, come on, man, come on. They're, they're like we should be coming together right now as a community. You know, the XRP Ripple case, it's just as important for every other cryptocurrency to watch that because that's going to regulate the U.S. economy for cryptocurrency. Like that's literally going to be how they're going to regulate the 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 crypto market in, in America. And people are like, oh, this case, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man. So it's going to be a pretty wild year, man. I think what's going to happen is they're going to settle the case 2022 going into 2023. And Amer oh, and somebody brought up FedCoin. Sorry, I wanted to bring this up. The FedNow. Um, I know we're coming up on an hour here, but uh, somebody asked what's FedNow services. So the FedNow services will be designed to maintain uninterrupted 24-7, 365-day processing with security features to supplement payment integrity and data security. So the reason why they're they're waiting until 2023 now for the FedNow services is number one, ISO 20,022 is the messaging service that, that uh, Swift is going to get on and all these ISO 20,022 tokens. Um, they're launching November 2022 and FedNow services waiting until 2023 because they want them to get up and running. And what by this time, they'll have regulation for stable coins. Bitcoin will be labeled a commodity in America, in my opinion, which will be like gold. And then what they'll do is they'll launch a FedNow, they'll launch a uh, um, a stable coin for America, just like, you know, BlackRock and uh, Fidelity invested 400 million in Circle and then Circle just backed the um, what is it? The Euro coin. So I think Euro. So we went China, Euro coin, and now we're going to go America. And then once the public believes that cryptocurrency is supported by the government, <laughs> then they'll come flooding into it. And that's when institutions will get involved. Like Ken was saying, back in, you know, back into 2025, institutions will start to come flooding in. The institutional money will come. And that's when you'll see some price appreciation. So I think I'm expecting a 3.5 X for the next uh, gold run price appreciation. So that, that, that takes us to like 240K Bitcoin. So imagine how much the altcoins are going to pump. That's the case. That is the average. That is the average on every single bull run, 3.5x minimum. So yep. Like, yep. That, that is the magnitude of how much money is to be made now. Now is the time that you make the money, not yes. 2024. You make it now. Yes. Uh, somebody made a good comment, by the way. They said, uh, let me second. Uh, financial advisors are part of the system. This is why... 100%. Never to take financial advice from a financial advisor, especially if they're salarized and they're mm -hmm. regulated by the uh, yeah, such and such. Yeah, um, they're, they're also too. Like I, you know, I worked for a bank, and financial advisors. A lot of them were, you know, buried in debt with big old houses and BMWs, yeah. and they they weren't they didn't have their finances in order. Man, I was like, man, you're lawyers are not financial advisors. Accountants right. are not financial advisors. Bankers are definitely not financial advisors. Right, right. And I, yeah, the, I was an ex-banker. When I learned about banking was when I went to banking school. I was a banker. I learned actually how banks worked when I went to banking school about, what, eight years into my career. And I was like, wait a minute. What the I was like, this is like, I learned economics and banking. I really had to study. I have dyslexia, so I really had to study and concentrate. Everybody was just trying to get through banking school to get the big degree, to be able to move, you know, to higher positions. I had to really, my CFO actually was my tutor through banking school. And so I hired him as our CFO for my company. And I'm like, I was like, man, it, my brain was like, this doesn't make sense. Why are we not teaching our customers how the banking system actually works, man? Like what the they're putting their money in our account and we're taking their money and making it fluid and, and earning. We're like earning off of their money. I'm like, what the? F 
it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, what the hell? And that's why crypto was such a big piece. So I think what they did in 2020, well, let's say when the public started to really get into it, 2019, 2020, 2021, with the bull run and the you know, big price appreciation where the public made a lot of money, as they're like, let's let them, let's let them make money, let them make money, let them make. Then 2022 comes, they're like, cryptocurrencies a fraud. All of a sudden, they're like, crypto's here to stay. We're going to put out a stable coin and we're going to dump this market, man. And we're going to make you think it's super shitty. And then we're going to make it safe for you. Problem, reaction, solution. Whoever, yeah, whoever creates a problem creates a reaction in the human beings and they come up with the solution and then everybody follows the same path. So, man, hours went by. Yeah, I think probably what we're going to see is uh, that we could see a collapse of maybe another stable coin. It's possible. We could, we're definitely going to see more liquidated companies that are going bankrupt, DeFi yeah. companies. In fact, I don't even want to call it DeFi because it's, uh, I think we've learned from the Celsius situation that it's not decentralized, it's centralized. If you don't control, if you don't hold your own crypto, if you don't have your own keys, then say goodbye. You know, you don't own the crypto. Hmm. So you know, I think there's been a massive lesson now for a lot of people just to, to think, you know, um, not my keys, not my crypto. You want to be sure that you own that crypto. You want to keep it on a ledger and then put on the platforms only what you're willing to lose. That for yeah. me has also been the big biggest lesson during this uh, bull market. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Bull market into into the bear market. Well, it's been an hour, so I know it's really. What time is it in Dubai? Thank you for the switch. Just so you guys know, my apologies for yeah. the for the switch up this morning. We have a I my we've been so discombobbled. We have our eight a.m. Good morning crypto show, and then I had an event at nine, so it's like, but we'll be back on track nine a.m. on Monday going forward, and we'll get this rolling again. If you guys haven't checked out, we have the 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 Ken Mack and Coach JB podcast. If you want to listen to this audibly as well, but if you can do us a favor, share this with friends and families because you know though I think the way that we're positioning this and all of us together can really help open up people's minds and awareness because it is our responsibility as human beings on this earth not to tell people what to do but just to inform them right that's what the news is trying to do they're trying to inform people through a narrative well we're sharing a different narrative one is peace and prosperity and love and taking control of your your sovereignty and freedom and you know there really is no invisible enemy outside of yourself it's yourself you know stop fighting against yourself and resisting what's right in front of you and you know there's so many ways to make revenue as, as ken was talking about there's just so many ways to make revenue and just open up your mind to the possibility so, Ken, would you like to say anything before we uh, let them yeah, go? Yeah, I'll answer one more question. Somebody's asking how many days in the bear market, and probably everybody wants to know the answer to that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, quite simple. Um, we're going to uh, probably bottom out by Q4 this year, so between September and December. Um, you know, I think the market's going to go short-term bullish just now, just looking at the indicators. By Q4, uh, we should bottom out, and we're going to get sideways action between Q4 and uh, the end of 2023. By March 2024, we will have the Bitcoin halvening, six to eight mm -hmm. months after the Bitcoin halvening, which will take us to October to December 2024. We should get uh, the, the big first run in the bull market, and the bull market should continue up and down until at the end of 2025 before we go back into the bear market again. So that for me is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pretty certain on my side that that's an accurate prediction of what's going to be happening. Yep. Um, and that's the uh, certainly uh, the, the narrative that I'm following myself. But it's yeah. great to be back uh, on chat with the show. Uh, thanks to everybody for your patience uh, in their absence. You know, I know that we've not been here in the last month, but we're going to be bringing the show to you every Monday as well, which I'm very excited about. Like Coach GB says, it's really just about helping you guys get a better understanding of what's happening, um, be grounded, be calm, non-emotional, and help you prepare yeah. Yeah, in the best way possible. Yes, we love you guys. We appreciate you. As we always say, warriors, rise, get your shit together. Greatest time in human history. Let's go.